Hello, I'm Jacques and this is Aminder. Just gonna break the fall for a little bit. I've lost my voice, so sorry if this sounds like some weird sort of ASMR. This is the first episode of a two-part mini podcast series covering January 2021's papers on amyloid beta aggregation and therapeutics for Alzheimer's disease. If you're interested in structural chemistry, conformational changes that underpin oligomerization, oligomer toxicity, and therapeutic strategies, stick around. Part two, which will be released next week, I think, mainly focuses on the presence of higher order aggregates and strategies to target them. But naturally, there's a lot of overlap, so make sure you don't miss it. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. Some admin stuff to cover uh, before we crack on. We're unable to cover all the literature on Alzheimer's disease due to a lack of resources and expertise in certain areas. But hey, don't worry, this doesn't affect my episode. But we wouldn't just abandon you podcasters, we'll still be creating bibliographies for these papers. Um, so just make sure to check out the folder linked in the notes below and you can find them later on in the month. Something else of note, our episodes will be released every day except for Saturday. And yeah, just our usual disclaimer, while we can vet papers for peer review, we can't vet for quality. So I guess don't take my interest for endorsement. And as always, if anything catches your attention, check out our numbered bibliography in the show notes. Don't worry if you forget a paper's details, just try and remember the number. It's going to be a long one, 17 papers to run through. We'll take a break after the first 11 papers, I know it seems like a lot, um, but these will be on oligomerization, conformational changes, etc. Moving on to the last six on targeting strategies against oligomers. Alright, let's crack on. Our first paper is titled Molecular Insight into COPPA2 Plus Induced Conformational Transitions of Amyloid Beta Protein from Fast Kinetic Analysis and Molecular Dynamic Simulations. That was a mouthful. It's by first author's you and last author's son. It's published in journal ACS Chemical Neuroscience. The COPPA2 Plus ion is thought to aid the aggregation of amyloid beta in Alzheimer's disease. However, the conformational changes that underpin this process remain unclear. To address this, the authors substituted amyloid beta 40 tyrosines 4 and 10 and phenylalanines 19 and 20 with cyanophenylalanine to create peptides which react to the environment and fluoresce differently in response to copper 2. They analyzed copper 2 interaction with amyloid beta 40 mutants, noticing that at pH ranges 6.6 to 8, copper 2 mostly provoked structural changes at the end terminus affecting substituted tyrosine residues 4 and 10 rather than the phenylalanines 19 and 20. These N-terminal changes increase the hydrophobicity of the N-terminus. At pH 8, phenylalanines 19 and 20 display particularly slow structural kinetics which could be hastened in the presence of micromolecular concentrations of copper 2 plus. Evidenced by molecular dynamic simulations, the authors conclude that copper 2 plus drives early conformational changes in amyloid beta around residue tyrosine 10, which may increase its propensity for aggregation. Our next paper, paper 2, follows on nicely from the structural changes observed in paper 1, but suggests a different effect on amyloid beta, not affecting the N-terminus. 
is titled Effects of Ions and Small Compounds on the Structure of Amyloid Beta-42 Monomers. It's by first author Mahmoudine Obar, Nilsson, and last author Diaz. Sorry if I butchered your name. It's published in the Journal of Physical Chemistry B. Small molecules can modulate the aggregation of amyloid beta peptides by changing the conformation preferences of amyloid beta monomers. In this regard, the authors implemented re- replica exchange molecular dynamic simulations to compare the conformations adopted by AB42 monomers in aggregation-promoting solutions such as aqueous salt solutions and aggregation-inhibiting solutions such as those containing siloanisetol or 4-aminophenol. They established pure water as a baseline comparison. The different solutions altered the secondary structure at the C-terminus and central regions of amyloid beta. The aggregation-promoting solutions developed strand-loop-strand amyloid beta structures formed by the interaction of its C-terminus with its central hydrophobic core. The aggregation-inhibiting solutions did not permit the formation of this structure, but instead increased the interaction of the C-terminus with the central hydrophilic core. Interestingly, the non-polar residues contained within the unexposed core of amyloid fibrils were located nearby the strand-loop-strand structures and may facilitate nucleation. The authors suggest an aggregation-determining role for the C-terminus. Taking papers 1 and 2 together, most of amyloid beta's domains seem to have an effect on conformational changes, but maybe this is extremely environment-dependent. What do you think, listeners? Now on to paper 3, which considers the effects of mutations in residues located within the central hydrophobic and hydrophilic regions that were mentioned in the previous paper. It's titled Anti-Parallel Beta Hairpin Structure in Soluble Amyloid Beta Oligomers of Amyloid Beta 40 Dutch and Amyloid Beta 40 Iowa. It's by first author Fu, Van Nostrand and last author Smith. It's available in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. The amyloid beta peptide A-beta-42 features commonly in Alzheimer's disease plaques, but in cerebral amyloid angiopathy, CAA, mostly amyloid beta-40 peptides are deposited in the vasculature. Have you heard about amyloid beta Dutch neuro mutations? Just to clarify, one is a glutamate 22 to glutamine, and the other is a aspartate 23 to asparagine. These two mutations are associated with CAA and may dictate the aggregation-prone nature of amyloid beta within the vasculature. The authors aim to characterize the conformational changes that regulate oligomerization and fibrillogenesis in wild-type, Dutch, Iowa, and Dutch-Iowa amyloid beta-40 peptides. Fourier-transform infrared spectroscopy revealed that both wild-type and mutants formed anti-parallel beta structure intermediates prior to the conversion into a cross-beta structure. The mutant amyloid beta peptides displayed different conversion kinetics to each other and to the wild type. The authors conclude that despite the common secondary structure formed by the investigated peptides, the secondary structure may govern the speed of the aggregation process as well as the intermediates formed during it. And now paper 4, titled Insights into the Structural Understanding of Amyloid Genicity and Mutation-Led Conformational Dynamics of Amyloid Beta Through Molecular Dynamic Simulations and Principal Component Analysis. It's by first author Raikavan and last author Guna Sakharin and was communicated by Salma. You can find it in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics. 
Molecular dynamic simulations provide insight into the structural changes in amyloid beta associated with misfolding and aggregation. The authors employ 100 nanosecond molecular dynamic simulations to evaluate and compare the structural changes of wild-type and amylobeta mutant assemblies with atomistic resolution. They observe the largest fluctuations around the central alpha carbons of amyloid beta. Amyloid beta mutants also displayed residual and deformational structural fluctuations in the B3 and B4 loop region, which the authors suggest disrupts intermolecular forces and results in fibrillogenesis. Now, I don't think I've done this paper much justice. There is a lot of detail that doesn't really work well in podcast form, so check out the full thing. Paper 5 follows a similar line to the previous papers, but explores the amyloidogenic property of many different proteins. Titled, Breakdown of Supersaturation Barrier Links Protein Folding to Amyloid Formation. The first author is Noji, the last author, Goto. Communications Biology is the journal. Have you heard of the Amphinsis dogma? Based on this hypothesis, a protein's amino acid sequence determines its free energy state, which is at its lowest when the protein is in its native structure. As a result, forming higher-order structures becomes unlikely. But saying that, what's the deal with misfolded and aggregated proteins? Even globular proteins can misfold and aggregate into amyloid fibrils. The authors aim to assess whether heat or agitation could affect the propensity of proteins for amyloidogenesis. Agitation at high temperature resulted in the formation of amyloid fibrils. The authors also reveal the presence of a supersaturation barrier, which links the amphinsin-like dynamics to the reaction kinetic observed between the misfolded amyloidogenic proteins. I'm no structural chemist, so some of this may have gone over my head. If this is your field, do check out the full thing. And now paper 6, we're over halfway there. We'll make it to the break soon, I swear. It's titled, Characterization of Homogeneous and Heterogeneous Amyloid Beta-42 Oligomer Preparations with Biochemical Methods and Infrared Spectroscopy Reveals a Correlation Between Infrared Spectrum and Oligomer Size. Very aptly named, it's by first author Fossil and last author Bath. It's in the journal ACS Chemical Neuroscience. Soluble amyloid beta oligomers have been deemed toxic in Alzheimer's disease. Using biochemical and biophysical experiments, the authors set out to characterize the oligomeric species. They examined amyloid beta 42 oligomers separated by blue native page and SDS page and analyzed them with IR spectroscopy to determine the size and structure of oligomers. The oligomers display their typical beta sheet structure, but the amide I band recognized by IR spectroscopy correlated with oligomer size, with lower wave numbers observed for this band in larger oligomers. Interestingly, the width of the main amide I band decreased over time, which the authors conclude may correspond to changes in beta sheet structure associated with the aggregation of smaller oligomers into growing higher molecular weight oligomers. Okay, paper 7. It's about how membrane composition can affect the oligomerization of amyloid beta. It's titled, Cholesterol in Membranes Facilitates Aggregation of Amyloid Beta at Physiologically Relevant Concentrations. The first author is Banerjee, the last author Lubchenko. You can find it in the journal ACS Chemical Neuroscience. How amyloid beta oligomers can form at such low concentrations in Alzheimer's disease is unclear. 
but in vitro evidence suggests a role for lipid bilayers in increasing local amyloid-beta concentrations sufficient for oligomerization. Cholesterol is a lipid commonly found in membrane bilayers and is thought to accrue in the incipient stages of Alzheimer's disease, leading to hypotheses that it may trigger amyloid-beta aggregation. The authors aim to determine how the membrane composition affects the oligomerization of amyloid-beta. Using time-lapse atomic force microscopy imaging, the authors show that the presence of cholesterol at lipid bilayers enhances oligomerization, with a tendency to generate bigger aggregates and oligomers. And after these oligomers form in membranes, they leave and become distinct from them. It's quite a dynamic interaction. Using computational modelling, the authors uncovered a high-affinity interaction of amyloid beta-42 with cholesterol-containing membranes, where it assumed alternative conformations conducive to aggregation. The authors conclude that membrane composition regulates the aggregation of amyloid beta. I've read about lipid rafts, membrane microdomains rich in cholesterol and sphingolipids, which appear to control the amyloidogenic cleavage of ABP. So, what you're telling me now is cholesterol may control oligomerization too? Why am I not surprised? Amyloid beta might oligomerize the membranes, but what effect do these oligomers have on the membranes themselves? Let's find out. It's paper number eight. Quantifying the dose-dependent impact of intracellular amyloid beta in a mathematical model of calcium regulation in Xenopis oocyte is by first author Minicucci and last author Latulipe. The journal is PLOS1. Intraneuronal amyloid beta oligomers may contribute to Alzheimer's disease pathogenesis via the dysregulation of calcium ion homeostasis. However, the intricacies of how this occurs is uncertain. To address this, the authors present a mathematical model backed by experiment-derived data. The model showed that intraurinal amyloid beta oligomers interact with phospholipase C to cleave phospholipid PIP2 and release IP3. IP3 binds to and activates its ER-localized IP3 receptor, allowing for an upregulated efflux of calcium ions from ER stores. The authors conclude that their model can be used to study the effects of intraurinal amyloid beta oligomers at various concentrations on calcium settling and suggest a toxic effect of this process. Paper 9 is titled, A Dopamine Metabolite Stabilizes Neurotoxic Amyloid Beta Oligomers. It's by first author Cataldi and last author Ventruscolo. Many molecules can affect the proteostasis of amyloid beta oligomers in Alzheimer's disease brains but exact mechanisms are as yet unknown. The authors explored the role of DOPAL, a dopamine synthesis pathway intermediate, finding that it stabilized toxic amyloid beta dimers and trimers and potentiated amyloid beta-induced toxicity in human neuroblastoma cells. The authors conclude that metabolite intermediates may underpin amyloid beta aggregation in Alzheimer's disease. Dysregulated dopamine synthesis has been thought to alter the aggregation of amyloidogenic proteins for a while now, so it's interesting to see this evidence of this new link. And following on from a molecule that can stabilize oligomers, paper 10 involves the opposite, a surprising endogenous candidate that can impede oligomerization. It's titled, The amyloid beta-138 peptide is a negative regulator of the amyloid beta-142 peptide implicated in Alzheimer's disease progression. The first author is Quarty, the last author is Musa. It's available in scientific reports. Different amyloid beta peptides may fulfill distinct niches in Alzheimer's disease pathogenesis. 
the authors aim to characterize the interactions of the main te- toxic peptide amyloid beta-142 with the most prevalent variant, AB140, and the smaller peptide, amyloid beta-138. Using a combination of fluorescent techniques and imaging, the authors show that amyloid beta-138 impedes the development of amyloid beta-42's beta sheet structure and aggregate formation. Application of amyloid beta-138 to acute hippocampal slices reverses the inhibition of long-term potentiation by amyloid beta-142 and partially rescues an amyloid beta-142-induced phenotype in C. elegans. AB138 rescues defects in mitochondrial metabolism elicited by AB140 or AB142 in both HT22 hippocampal neurons and APOE4 positive human fibroblasts. However, in APOE4 negative human fibroblasts, the presence of both AB138 and AB142 had detrimental effects for mitochondrial metabolism. In autopsy-derived brain tissue from Alzheimer's disease patients, a greater ratio of amyloid beta-142 to its 140 or 138 variants predicted reduced age at death in males, but not females. The authors conclude that amyloid beta-138 may reverse amyloid beta-40-induced toxic effects and that these antagonistic effects may be contingent on sex. Last paper before we take a little break. It explores the role of another endogenous protein on the assembly of amyloid beta. It's paper number 11, and it's titled Copper 2 plus binding to S100b triggers polymerization of disulfide crosslink tetramers with enhanced chaperone activity against amyloid beta aggregation. It's by first author Christian Val and last author Gorsch. Apologies for the terrible pronunciation, my family would be very disappointed. Anyway, it's published in Chemical Communications Cambridge. S100 appears to play a protective role in Alzheimer's disease, serving as a chaperone to inhibit the assembly of amyloid beta. Copper, among other transition metal ions, is thought to modulate S100B's anti-aggregative activity, but the mechanism behind this is uncertain. In this study, the authors show that copper 2 plus triggers the tetramerization of S100b to enhance its anti-aggregation activity against amyloid beta. The authors conclude that S100b oligomerization and cross-linking to tetramers occupies a neuroprotective niche in response to dysregulated iron homeostasis and dysfunctional degradation mechanisms observed in neurodegenerative diseases. Before I put this paper here, just so you, just to remind you what's coming next, strategies that mainly target oligomers, um, but yeah, see you after the break. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know Aminder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Alright, welcome back. I've just had a nice cup of tea. Very British. But yeah, just six more papers to go, starting with paper number 12. It's titled, Plasmonic Nanoparticle Amyloid Corona for Screening Amyloid Beta Oligomeric Aggregate Degrading Drugs. It's by first author Lee and last author Yoon. The journal is Nature Communication. Targeting the toxic amyloid beta oligomers thought to contribute to Alzheimer's disease onset and progression has proven difficult due to technical limitations in oligomer isolation and drug efficacy screening. 
The authors present plasmonic nanoparticle amyloid corona, PNAC, synthesized by the absorption and oligomerization of amyloid beta on gold particles, as a method to assess the efficacy of drugs degrading amyloid beta oligomers. This technique allows changes in relative absorbance produced by PNAC aggregates to be measured in response to amyloid beta processing. The authors showed this to be effective in measuring the efficacy of endogenous amyloid beta processing enzymes, MMP9, and protease 14. The authors conclude that this technique will facilitate future research into oligomer targeting drugs. Paper 13 narrows in on the anti-parallel and parallel beta sheet oligomers that I spoke about earlier. It's titled Pseudopeptide Amyloid Aggregation Inhibitors in Silico, Single Molecule and Cell Viability Studies by first author Robinson and last author Leonenko. It's available in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. In Alzheimer's disease, amyloid beta monomers misfold and assume beta sheet conformations more amenable to oligomerization into toxic species. As such, preventing amyloid beta oligomerization is a continual subject of research. The authors developed SG inhibitors, synthetic pseudopeptide inhibitors that bind amyloid beta to prevent its aggregation. The authors demonstrated the effects of these SG inhibitors on amyloid beta-induced toxicity in HT22 cells. Interestingly, they found that SG inhibitors capable of binding to anti-parallel anti-beta oligomers afforded protection against its toxicity. These effects were not observed with SG inhibitors that bound to parallel oligomeric species. In an effort to improve blood-brain barrier permeation, SG inhibitors were mirastolated. They had a 14-carbon long fatty acid added to them. But surprisingly, they significantly decreased cell viability. The authors conclude that HT22 cells may be a useful line for exploring amyloid beta-induced toxicity and that the nuances behind confirmation-specific effects should be explored further. Next is paper 14 titled A Confirmation-Specific Antibody Against Oligomeric Beta Amyloid Restores Neuronal Integrity in a Mouse Model of Alzheimer's Disease. It's by first author He, Scholes, and last author Serks. It's published in the Journal of Biological Chemistry. Just to preface this in case you don't know, single-chain variable domain antibody fragments or SCFEs are fusion proteins of the antigen-recognizing heavy and light-chain variable domains, which just link together. The roles of the different amyloid beta aggregates observed in Alzheimer's disease is unclear. Having previously shown that the SCFVs C6T and A4 can selectively bind to specific oligomer conformations, the authors assess whether C6T and A4 can bind to the various amyloid beta oligomers found in post-mortem brain tissue and evoke beneficial effects. In post-mortem tissue, both SCFVs bound extracellular oligomers associated with plaques, but C6T alone bound intraneuronal oligomers in post-mortem tissue in Alzheimer's disease mice. The injection of a virus encoding brain-blood barrier permeable versions of the SCFVs into the liver cells of two-month-old Alzheimer's disease mice had distinct effects for both. Virus-mediated A4 expression eliminated many extracellular oligomers but showed no effect on inflammation, growth, or survival, and while similar in terms of negligible anti-inflammatory effects, C6T increased neuronal viability and growth, despite insignificant effects on amyloid beta deposits. 
The authors conclude that targeting specific amyloid beta conformations represents an attractive strategy, which may then be dependent on location of aggregated oligomeric species. And I tend to agree. Perhaps this explains why we've seen countless amyloid beta plaque targeting clinical trial failures. I think this highlights the importance of targeting specific oligomeric conformations, and I hope more research comes from this. Anyway, enough of my rambling. On to paper 15, titled Improving the Inhibition of Beta Amyloid Aggregation by Wifanilide and Wifanicide Derivatives. It's by first author Dubi, Kalubai, and last author Subramaniam. It's available in the International Journal of Biological Macromolecules. In this study, the authors explored the anti-aggregation properties of wifanilide and wifanicide derivatives of the Wifania somnifera plant, which is used as medicine in China and on the Indian subcontinent. They found that derivatives decrease cytotoxicity in SKNSH cells and could even reduce amyloid beta-induced oxidative stress and apoptosis at half IC50 concentrations. IC50 is the concentration required to inhibit something by 50%, so in our case it's half of half. Using molecular modelling simulation software, the authors identified a hydrophobic site at amyloid beta residue 17-21, to believed to be the derivative binding site. The authors conclude that derivatives interact with oligomeric amyloid beta 42, impeding the further assembly of monomers to prevent aggregation. This is interesting and it aligns quite well with those papers studying the mechanisms. If you remember, two papers suggested that this hydrophobic site dictated the formation of aggregation-prone secondary structures. But anyway, if you're interested, check out the full thing for yourself. Our penultimate paper, paper 16, is titled Inhibition of Amyloid Beta-Induced Lipid Membrane Permeation and Amyloid Beta Aggregation by K162. It's by first author Merdonovich and last author Pieta. The journal is ACS Chemical Neuroscience. The aggregation of amyloid beta from monomers into toxic membrane perforating oligomers may underpin the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Here, the authors studied whether molecule K162 can impede aggregation, prevent oligomer-induced toxicity towards lipid membranes. Using various techniques such as atomic force microscopy and molecular dynamic simulations, as well as something called electrochemical impedance spectroscopy, the authors discovered that K162 diminished bilayer permeation induced by oligomeric amyloid beta. The authors suggest that K162 may circumvent the formation of toxic oligomers along the aggregation pathway, producing only less or non-toxic monomers, dimers and fibrils. They conclude that further studies should explore the potential of K162 for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. And finally, our last paper, paper 17, titled Dual Effect of Prussian Blue Nanoparticles on Amyloid Beta Aggregation, Beta Sheet Fibril Reduction and Copper Dysomeostasis Regulation. The first author is Kolisiak and the last author, Estelrich, is published in the journal Biomacromolecules. Currently, the only FDA-approved drugs for Alzheimer's disease are acetylcholine esterase inhibitors such as Dunepazil and the NMDA receptor antagonist Memantine. But other promising Alzheimer's disease strategies aim to inhibit aggregation and or correct the dysregulated metal ion homeostasis. The authors present Prussian blue nanoparticles, nanoparticles with a blue metal hexacyano compound, 
as a treatment strategy for Alzheimer's disease. They showed that nanoparticles can impair fibrillogenesis and collect copper to prevent the abnormal aggregation of amyloid beta, which is promoted by copper. A nice way of ending things, start with copper, you end with copper. This serves as a nice taster for next week as well, so stay tuned for part two. Anyway, that's all folks, so thank you for tuning in. Remember to check out the episode notes for more information and to get access to our numbered bibliography. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episode releases. Also, do let us know if you're interested in joining the team. I'd like to thank Ganesha Kamesh for the music on the podcast. You can find her under SoundCloud under her name or on YouTube under AK Music. Also to Ellen for helping me sort these papers into themes, Sarah for reviewing the script, and Anusha for editing this episode. Oh, and let's not forget the rest of the amazing people at AMID who volunteer their time to make this podcast possible. We hope you find our podcast useful and accessible, and we hope to have you back here soon. Until next time, 